My name is Kelly Tyen, and welcome to Addicted to the Climb. Hey guys, welcome to the show. You are going to learn how I overcome adversity, hear from people just like you that have faced challenges and still keep climbing. Are you ready to elevate your life and choose your path? Let's do it together. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Addicted to the Climb. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I'm just praying you're staying healthy through this quarantine still, and staying strong in your mind is really what it's about at this point. We're all kind of getting used to our new normal here, and it's still hard. We have a lot of ups and downs. I'm sure you're going through things that you didn't expect or you know, just trying to find your own way. So just stay strong, continue to climb higher. That's what it's all about, not giving up on yourself. So thanks again for tuning in. And today we have a special guest and a woman that is definitely addicted to the climb. She's addicted to the climb in life and business. Her name is Jessica Glazier. She is an entrepreneur, a speaker, a business coach, and a business mentor. She has built an incredible online business over the last few years, helping so many succeed while 10Xing her own business. After being in the fitness world for years and training celebrities in New York City, she's here today to talk about her biggest passion, which is teaching, giving back, and how she stays on the climb herself. I'm so excited you're here today, Jess, so welcome. Yay. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. I'm so excited to be here and just to share my story. Hopefully it will help at least one person. Absolutely. It definitely will. Well, we have a lot in common, Jess. As I was researching you and finding out more about you, I noticed that you were a teacher for a while in the elementary schools, and I was too. And we both are in fitness and had that whole history together. So I'm really excited to hear how your journey evolved from teaching because I'm not sure if that was even your passion growing up or if it was something you always wanted to do. And now being in the entrepreneurial space, the same as me, I just, I'm excited for you to dive into your story. So why don't you take us back and just tell us how it all started for you? Yeah, absolutely. So interesting. Was it always a passion? I don't know. <laughs> I think intuitively, like my just intuition and my default is teaching and coaching. That's somewhere I just like to be. Um, I was a competitive gymnast growing up. So I started coaching gymnastics probably at the age of like 12 or 13, you know, just helping run birthday parties and stuff like that. And then from there, always wanted to be a doctor of physical therapy, went to college for my doctorate of physical therapy. And actually my parents highly encouraged me and pushed me to get a teaching degree to quote fall back on. So they were the ones actually who kind of pushed me that direction to say, Hey, you've always coached, you've always, you know, trained people, you love people, you're good at this. And it's a nice thing to have. Um, I became a certified personal trainer on my 17th birthday. So it's actually been 18 years that I've been working as a trainer. Yeah. I grew up working in a gym. So I, I know I, um, I had worked in a daycare room of a gym and then when I was old enough, they put me behind the front desk. And then the day that I turned 17, I got certified to be a trainer. And then I was a group fitness instructor as well. So the gymnastics, the fitness, it kind of like was always in my blood, but to go back to the teaching, I actually did not have the intention to teach. Again, it was something my parents sort of pushed me to. When I was in grad school getting my doctorate, I actually took a leave of absence, which I never went back. So I guess you could say I dropped out of my doctorate program. 
Um, in hindsight, I realized it was to work through a decade long eating disorder that I had. But when I was in it, I didn't realize that's why I was taking a leave. I thought I was just unhappy or I wanted to kind of figure my things out, you know, figure out life and, and maybe how to change a heart of what I was doing. But really in that time, I stepped away from my doctorate program. I went into full-time personal training just to make ends meet while I was figuring myself out and check myself into an outpatient program. I spent probably about four or five years in an outpatient program working through that eating disorder and just getting really heavily involved in personal development, which is where I was sort of introduced to entrepreneurship. So I do not come from a family of entrepreneurs at all. I didn't really know it was a thing until my mid-20s. Um, but in the time that I was working as a trainer and kind of healing myself, I had a quarter life crisis and went to fashion school. So after undergrad for physical therapy, partial doctorate, I then ended up at FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City, where I was in their fashion accessory design department and thought that that was going to be a path that I took, which made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> like that's not something that was ever in my path, you know? Okay. Um, wait a minute, Jess, excuse me. Whoa. This is like, you know, I want to just stop you for a quick minute. Yeah. You said so much. And first I just want to ask you, so growing up, were you always a go-getter or selling, you know, Barbie dolls outside or doing something because you seem, you know, jumping in at 17. Yeah. That's young. I mean, I have a 20 year old daughter right now. She's still in college and you know, it seems like you've had, you had a vision, mm -hmm. you know, when you were in your teenage years that you're going to get right to work, you're going to make money, you're going to make things happen for yourself, which you have, and we're going to get into that. But was it something that, was that your mentality growing up? Yeah, that's just, that's me. Like to my core, I'm an Enneagram three. I'm a high achiever, super like highly motivated, self-driven, uh, my love language is is affirmation. I I love that. Like I love to be told that someone's proud or I did a good job, um, to a fault, which is where I think the eating disorder came in. Right? It's that striving for perfection and totally self induced. Nothing from a family member. Nothing from the sport of gymnastics, which people will often blame. That just is who I am at my core. Yes. So even okay. at the age of like seven, I knew I wanted to be a physical therapist. That's what I was going to do. Um, yeah, definitely a Taurus, very bullheaded. <laughs> Get out of my way. <laughs> I just, I love that. I mean, every that that's how you are, who you are today. So yeah. it all yeah. goes back to that. And it seems like you yeah. had, you know, grounded parents as well, just yeah. saying, okay, Jess, whatever you're going to do, she's going to do it well anyways. I'm sure they were right there in support of, of all your decisions, it seems, right? Yeah, absolutely. And they I'm play a so role. grateful for that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, having you make sure you have something to fall back on, as you said, yep. was also a good idea to have them guide you just in case something didn't yeah. work out. But you did pivot a lot of times in what you just said. So mm -hmm. back to, be, you know, you said you had an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. Did that come while you were personal training? Or uh, it actually started somewhere around eighth grade somewhere like seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Somewhere around there. So the end of middle school is where it started. It kind of got a lot worse in high school. And by the time I went to college, it was, I mean, it was really out of control. And I just got to a point where I wasn't ready to ask for help. I just couldn't live the way that I was living. I was so uncomfortable and unhappy 
in how my life was looking. I was so tired of myself that I had to kind of throw in the towel. And it was one of the first times on a bigger scale that I did ask for help. And it, I mean, it saved my life. And that was one of the first times that I realized asking for help was not a weakness, which I know we hear, right? It's very cliche, but it actually was a strength. And it was one of the first times that I started to flex that muscle of putting my ego aside and asking for help, which ironically is the thing that now has gotten me here. And now I'm obsessed with asking for help. I'm addicted to asking for help. And I'm constantly looking for ways that people can support me or help get me to where I want to go faster. Um, so it's kind of funny that that was the, the straw for me. I love it though. We do need to ask for help. And I think a lot of women especially have a hard time with that and it's okay to ask mm -hmm. for help. But so through that and working through that, you did get right into personal training mm -hmm. and I'm sure coming out of an eating disorder, was that the pivoting moment where you said, I'm just going to help others so they don't have to go through this? Was that part of it? Yeah, I guess there's a layer of that in training. It just always even in high school, I took anatomy and physiology, like the body just always fascinated me and like how to use the body and how you can manipulate it and move it. Um, but I think on a deeper level, it probably was something about help. I have always wanted to help and give. That's a core value of mine is, is giving and um, being in that. Yeah, I guess, I don't know, just growing up a gymnast coaching and stuff. Like I love to just be in that space and it felt like home. So sweat, and like, you know, muscle and, and rips on the hands and soreness, like that's home to me still till this day. Me too. So I, agree. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It is an yeah. addiction. I'll tell you, yeah. if you're just starting out in the workout place, people, it can become <laughs> an addiction and it's a good, healthy addiction if you make it one. So, so just, so continue on. So now you're a personal trainer. You went through what you went through. Then you took a turn into fashion. Fashion. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So how, yeah. how did that come next for you? Yeah. Were you looking so, for something new? Is that what it was? No, no not at all. I stumbled across it. Um, a theme that has come up a bunch of times in my life now that I see, but my mom is an artist and growing up, we always made my leotards and hair scrunchies and accessories and stuff like that. It just was what we did. And so it was just something I used as an outlet. Um, and when I went into personal training and was sort of taking a leave of absence from physical therapy, I was also going out, I was bartending a lot and making ends meet waitressing. And when I would waitress or bartend, I would wear my own clothing or accessories that I would make. And people always ask me like, where did you get that? And then I would tell them I made it. They would ask me or tell me I should sell it. But again, never knew entrepreneurship was a thing, had no intention of building and selling anything. But what happened was I was at a mom and pop gym for about 10 years as a trainer. They offered me to set up like a, a booth, a boutique for a holiday sale that they were doing. And they said, why don't you try to sell some of your purses? They were just supporting me. They're like, that would be so cute. And yeah. so I didn't have any inventory of purses. I had the five that I used to wear. So I asked my mom to come with me. We sat down and we put the five purses that I owned that we had made out on the table and I decided I'll take orders. If people are interested, cool. And if they're not, that's okay too. And at the end of the day, we had sold $6,000 worth of orders. Wow. Yeah. You must have been blown away yourself, right? Yeah. But that's this is where that doer came in. And so that night I went home and said, okay, first of all, mom, you need to help me and we need to pump out, you know, whatever, however many bags it was going to be. It was a lot of bags, but number two, I'm going to apply to FIT. Wow. <laughs> and that was it. I'm like, I'm going to fashion school. This is my new path. I um, love this. You're such a risk taker. 
And I think that, I don't know if you consider yourself one, but that is, I mean, just saying, hey, I'm going to go to Fashion Institute. That's yeah. taking a risk because you probably didn't know if it really was going to work out, but you were determined to make it work out. I think it all comes down to your mindset. I'm hearing you say so many different things that you've done already, and we haven't even gotten to what you're doing now, but I think for people listening and saying, wow, she went from this to this because it is scary and you jumped from industry to industry. Yeah. But I think if you have it in your mind that you're going to succeed and give it your all, why not? You yeah. have it in your mind that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give it my all. Do you, could, do you take, you know, is that what you, is your mindset, you know, is that, you said you did a lot of personal development work. Yeah. So explain that little yeah, it's funny. I never really think of myself as a risk taker, but when you say it, it makes sense. I mean, I am um, just even in like the most basic sense, like skydiving and stuff. I love things like that. Like I'm an adventure seeker for sure. So I'm like, oh, maybe I am a risk taker. I think for me, the theme that I've noticed is I get to a point where I'm so uncomfortable that I can't take it anymore. And that's what happened with the eating disorder. That's what happened with when I was working full time as a trainer and I needed to do something different. I was so uncomfortable in my day-to-day -day life. Then when I ended up leaving my teaching job, which we'll get into, like, it just has always gotten to a point where I feel like I can't breathe anymore. And so in my mind, I'm actually a quitter. I, I always thought that I was quitting all of these things, which in hindsight, they're the most beautiful path that has gotten me here. And I needed to go through all of these different elements, including fashion school, to give me the tools to do the things that I'm now doing, which is pretty empowering when I look at it like that. Um, and I definitely have mastered the pivot. <laughs> yes, definitely. you have. Yeah. So, so yeah, I went into, went into fashion school, um, did a year there, thought it was the going to be my be all end all fashion and fitness combined. Um, very much didn't like it, but the interesting thing was the kind of concept I used with the purses, which I did not do intentionally. I put a purse out. I said, Hey, if someone wants it and they buy it, I'll go make it is now exactly what I teach in business coaching. When we talk about course creation, where we don't create anything until somebody's bought it. And so here we are 10, 15 years later, and I'm using that same concept again, not even knowing, just intuitively. And I actually was on a podcast when the host one time brought that up and I, I had this light bulb moment on the podcast where I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that. Like, I never thought about it like that. So yeah, I did fashion school for a year, lived on my brother's couch. So that was fun. <laughs> um, and at the time, because I had done some grad school and then undergrad again, I was in my mid twenties. So a lot of my friends at that point were getting engaged and moving into their apartments and stuff. And I was back in school living on my brother's couch, very uncomfortable, felt like I was not making an impact at all. I was hustling personal training clients, bartending at fashion school full time. And so I said, you know what, let me apply to be a teacher because my parents kind of pushed me to get that degree. Let me at least see if I can use it. And so I applied to one school district and I said, if I get the job, I'll take it. And the same day that I was offered a job at Shape Magazine, which was like my dream job, fitness and fashion, I was also offered a job as a teacher. And I took that path and I, I moved home to New Jersey and started working as an elementary school teacher where I stayed for eight years. Um, and so we can get into kind of all of that and what that looked like, but that's where I spent the majority of my 20s. <laughs> and did you like teaching when you were in it? Was it something I loved passionate teaching. about? Okay. I love teaching and I love kids and I love sports. I was health and phys ed, uh, phys ed and health. So I got to teach exactly what I you know, love to talk about. 
and it very was very intertwined with everything else. So it gave me the opportunity nights and weekends to still train clients. I ran boot camps. I got into bodybuilding competitions myself. So I still could do all the things that I love to do, right. but I did not like my job. I did not like the kind of box that I was in and the, the, you know, the ropes, if you will, the like tight kind of red lines you're not allowed to cross. Um, I actually did not enjoy the structure of it. I felt very much like I was on a merry-go-round or a Ferris wheel where there's so much beauty in that certainty. And some people thrive on that. But for me, the same vacations every single year and like the same routine every single year was very exhausting to me. And so I really was craving more of like the roller coaster where you don't know what's around each turn going back to the risk taker, right? I guess yes. I yes. really do thrive in that. And I, and I was really missing that up and down of what's next and where's it going to be and how am I going to get there versus like, here we go again, parent teacher conferences and here we go again, you know, spring concert. And there again is so much beauty in that. And I had such an incredible time during my eight years as a teacher and I learned so much, but it just wasn't for me. I agree. And I can relate to that in so many ways, just the same exact thing. I grew up wanting to be a teacher actually when I was a little girl, it was something I thought I'm going to be a teacher. I can remember at five years old, just what I wanted to do. And then as I, when I was a teacher, I was the same as you. I just felt stuck. I love the students. I love teaching, but you know, here we are today, both teaching in another way. I give teachers so much credit and so much praise because their job is not easy at all. I mean, especially right now with all they're going through. But, you know, like you said, it's, it just wasn't for you. But at that time, I read that you were in network marketing as well. Is that during your teaching years? Yeah. So while I was a teacher, the eight years I was there, I always had multiple side hustles. So I had I was doing personal training on the side. I built a sort of a nonprofit charitable component business on the side. Um, I was running, you know, different types of boot camps and stuff. I did get into network marketing for about three and a half years, coupled with online health and fitness coaching, which is where this part of my story started. So in about 2013, 2014, I started doing bodybuilding competitions and my coach was in Massachusetts, but I was in New Jersey. And so I was paying her virtually to get my workout programs and my food, my meal plan. And a light bulb went off. This is actually 2012. I'm like, I could do this. At the time, I had been a trainer already for 10 years. And so I started sending people workout programs and charging them. They would send me mail, like snail mail checks. And um, from there, I just started kind of learning more and more about this online space. And so first started really dabbling in probably 2013, 2014, in what it could look like training people online, how do I do it? Using Facebook, having people pay to be in Facebook groups with me where I was hosting challenges and stuff like that, coupled with network marketing at the time. Um, and really that was my introduction to this online coaching space, which I then ended up jumping into full time, which we can talk about. Yeah. I, I would love to. I yeah. love it. I'm, 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 I'm just relating in so many ways. Your path and your, you know, your patterns are all similar to mine. So I, I just, I love it. So why don't you take us into that as you left teaching and just what was the first thing, what was the reason you actually left teaching? Was it your own business that you were launching? Sure. Or? Such a good question. And I'm just laughing because they can't see the screen, but Facebook memories today popped up six years ago today. And it's a picture of me sitting behind my laptop 
working on programs for my clients while enjoying my shake. <laughs> that was six I years ago. It. Isn't that funny? Yes, it is. I it's love been a long journey. <laughs> those are the best when those memories pop up and you, you really go back and sit there yeah. for and say, wow, look at what I created and look yeah. at where I'm at. It's, it's amazing. I love that. I keep yeah. getting things yeah. from my boot camp days. Oh, here I am starting my new boot camp business. And, you know, it's just yeah. funny to look and how you evolve from there. Yeah. That was great. But I think it's so important to bring up, and I will answer your question, just because the kind of sexy story on social media is often, you know, I built a million dollar business in two years or these overnight success stories. But this is proof like six years ago, I was grinding behind the computer trying to make this business work. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, no, I did not leave teaching because my side hustle was so lucrative that I could leave. I left teaching because I was so uncomfortable and I was so unhappy in my life. I couldn't take it anymore. And interestingly enough, I was listening to a podcast in 2016, driving to school. Uh, it was October of 2016. And I don't remember whose it was, but the podcast host was talking to the woman. She was a teacher and she had a jewelry line that she used to sell on Etsy. And she wanted to go full-time in her jewelry business, but she was scared, right? Tenured, I have benefits, all these great things. So he said to her, if you were to give yourself a year and you were to give it a shot on Etsy and you were just going to go all in on your jewelry business, if it didn't work out, what would be the worst case scenario? Her answer changed my life. So she said, I'm sorry, his answer did. She said, I would just go back to teaching. I would probably have to go to a different district, but I've been a teacher for a decade. I could definitely get a job somewhere else as a teacher. And his response is what changed my life. I pulled my car over and I just broke down. He said, how does it feel to wake up every day and live in your worst case scenario? Mm, wow. Because I, that, that's, that's awesome. Because I'm thinking right now, somebody out there right now is listening, will be listening to this and they're feeling so stuck and they're just not happy. They're going through the everyday motions. There's no fulfillment. And I love that because, so your advice to that person would be, say it again. But how does it feel to wake up every day and live in your worst case scenario? Like if that was truly my worst case scenario, I was already living it. And I say this respectfully. I acknowledge teachers. It is incredible what you do. I'm right. not putting the profession down in any way. And I teach every day. I am a teacher. But for me, going to work and working in a public school as a teacher in that life really felt like my worst case scenario. And I realized, I pulled the car over, I started bawling, crying. I texted my husband. I said, I can't do this anymore. And at the end of my eight years, when this had happened, October of 2016, I was already very unhappy for about three years. Mm -hmm. I already felt like I couldn't breathe and the walls were caving in for about three years. So I had reached a point where I just couldn't do it anymore. And when I got home that night, we sat down and had a conversation. And I just, I said to him, I will do whatever I have to. I can't do this anymore. I'll bartend, I'll waitress, I'll personal train. I'll go be a barista somewhere. I can make it work. I can't make this work. And so that January, 2017, January 1st, I put in my resignation letter. Uh, my principal thought I was out of my mind because I was a tenured teacher in a really beautiful district. I mean, I had a, the best job, the best. Um, and that was it. That was my last year. Yeah, the spring summer of uh, the spring of 2017, I left, decided to go all in on my quote unquote cute side hustle, which at the time was a little bit of network marketing combined with a little bit of online health and fitness coaching. 
But for that first year that I left, my husband and I moved from New Jersey into Manhattan. He worked in Manhattan and I was going to quote unquote, make it in the fitness industry. And so I knew long-term fitness wasn't the end game, but it was my way. It was my ticket in because it was something that I had been doing. It was a stepping stone. And so for the first year that we moved to Manhattan, I did 14 to 16 hour days. I mean, I was seeing 10 clients a day, group fitness classes, personal training. I'd be on the computer until two o'clock in the morning working on my cute side hustle. I was grinding. Um, and in that, just pitching myself left and right to magazines and articles and getting my name out there and training. Fortunately, I was able to train a lot of celebrities and build my business up enough in fitness that the stuff that I did in person fitness was able to translate in a bigger way on the computer um, into my virtual kind of training business. And that's where I actually dropped network marketing, decided if I'm going to build someone's business, it's going to be mine. And I don't want a piece of anyone else's business. Nothing wrong with network marketing, but I just, it wasn't for me. And uh, made a shift in about 2018, hired a business coach and went just like crazy on my business, built it up to multiple six figure business online. And then that's where a lot of trainers were asking me, you know, what did you, what did you do? How are you making all this money? What do you do online? And so November of 2018, I sat down with a bunch of my trainer friends and started teaching them. Like every Thursday at noon, we'd sit behind my computer. One friend turned to three, turned to five. When it got up to like a weekly group call of seven of us, I said, I think I have to charge you guys. And then made the shift in 2019 solely to business coaching, dropped off on all my clients, put all of the fitness behind me and have been solely business ever since and, and did scale that business into a multiple, you know, into a million dollar business. And it's been quite the path. It's been quite the journey for sure. Hey, congratulations, first of all. That is an amazing accomplishment. I mean, and you're still going. We're still climbing. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. <laughs> still climbing. That never stops. And so tell us about what is your, um, you know, signature course right now that you yeah. offer? Yeah. So the signature course would be Empower University, which is a 90-day coaching program where I help newer entrepreneurs or kind of side hustlers build out their online business. I specialize in course build out. So someone looking to build out a higher ticket, more robust course, maybe it's a 12 week program. That's really where we, we specialize. And I say we, because at this point we have a team of nine other coaches, or I'm one of nine, I should say. Um, we have an accountant on staff. We have a lawyer on staff. We have a tech coach on staff, mindset coach. So it's a real like one-stop shop from zero to um, multiple six figures. Actually, M many, many, many of our clients have done you know, multiple six figures. And, and that is our signature course and power you. Yeah. It's my baby. I love it. Wow. That is amazing. I mean, just you giving to all these, you know, people taking them step by step into how to do this. It's so fulfilling to you. I'm sure you oh, wake up every day. It's, it, it is, it's such an incredible feeling. You're giving back and watching these people evolve into their business. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So that is great. I mean, so if somebody was interested, where would they go to learn more? Yeah. So best place to go is Instagram. Talk to me there at jess.glazer, G-L-A-Z-E-R. Of course, you can go to my website, jessglazer.com. There's information there as well. Uh, we typically run those courses quarterly. However, with the pandemic, we bumped our summer class up about a month and a half to help more people. And so we're actually enrolling people right now for a second class of summer class. So we'll have two summer classes running at the same time. Um, so that class will start July 1st. 
Oh, wow. That's so exciting. I was going to say through the pandemic and, you know, being quarantined, has your business changed at all? It exploded. Actually. Okay. Really? Yeah. So myself and, and majority of my clients, um, I have a higher level program where it's women that are already making multiple six figures going for seven. Every single woman in that program and myself included had their biggest month to date in April. Yeah. And a lot of our clients in Empower University had their biggest month to date in April as well. Yeah. Wow. Again, congrats. That's amazing. It just goes to show who you are, Jess. It's so, it's so, I mean, it's incredible. So I always ask everyone at the end of our chat, what are you climbing towards next? Ooh, more play, less work, more space, more creativity, more downtime, more slowing, you know, less pushing, more pulling (laughs) or ease flow. Yeah. Just kind of stepping more into the feminine and less into the masculine where I've always lived. Um, Really enjoying my word this year. I have it on my wrist. I always do this year. The word is expand. And my intention for 2020 was to slow down, to speed up. Uh, 2019, I danced or dealt with burnout twice and some health issues. And so this year was really about like finding a little bit of space and play. So for me, as unfortunate and horrible as this pandemic has been, it's also created a lot of really beautiful opportunities for a lot of people. And I think just a kind of a self-check of what, what, why was I going so fast? What was I doing? What was I working towards? And so, yeah, my climb right now is actually to have less of a target (laughs) and to just kind of enjoy like the stuff that's going on now and, and, and stop moving the finish line. I love it. I mean, being present, I, I, I love everything you said. It's so important, especially, I think, learning through the quarantine what matters most yeah. and what you actually put first in your life and, you know, just kind of reassessing, reevaluating your life. Right. I love it. Jess, I'm so thankful that you came on today. I'm so excited for everything you're doing. You're just an amazing woman and you know, your climb, we're going to be watching you climb. And I, I'm super excited. If anyone's interested, make sure you guys DM her on Instagram, as she said. But thanks again. Thanks for being here. And I wish you the best luck with everything. Thank you so much. I acknowledge you too for this podcast and just helping get so many messages out there because every time you do, like somebody is affected. So thank you. Exactly. Well, thanks again. And thank you all for tuning in today. I hope you really love this show today. And if you did, you can take a screenshot, tag us both on social. We would absolutely love that so we can share our messages to more people. Have a great week, you guys, and keep on climbing. If you love this episode, make sure you guys tag me. And because I appreciate you all so much, I am offering you 10% off my course, Addicted to the Climb. You can find that on my website, kellytyan.com. Make sure to spell it K-E-L-L-E-Y-T-Y-A-N. Until the next time, keep on climbing.